What's so interesting about that is that that was a story that you weren't even explicitly told. You said that your parents didn't even necessarily tell it to you directly, but it's just you being around it had you internalize it, and that's something that stuck with you for decades afterward. Welcome to Beyond the Dollar, a podcast where we have deep and honest conversations about how money affects our well-being. I'm Sarah Lee Kane, founder of High Fiving Dollars. And I'm Garrett Philbin, founder of Be Awesome Not Broke. As money coaches, we want to give you space to explore your relationship with money. The guilt, stress, exhilaration, and fear, no topic is taboo. In this episode, we sit down with Jen Hemphill, a money confidence coach and author of Her Money Matters, the missing truth from traditional money advice. We dive into how fear manifests in our financial lives, how to combat that with self-care practices, and ways to shift into being more confident around our money. Get ready, grab a seat, and let's go beyond the dollar. Jen, welcome to Beyond the Dollar podcast. Thanks for having me here, guys. I really, really uh, am excited to chat with you both. I'm a fan of this podcast for sure. Woohoo! Thank you Woo-hoo. so much for saying that. We invited Jen on because we wanted to talk about fear and confidence around money. And I absolutely loved her book that she had recently launched a few weeks ago as of this podcast recording. And we're going to definitely dive into some parts of your book because I have a lot of questions about it. But let's talk about the first question. So for you or in your experience with your clients, how does fear manifest around money? Oh, great question. Uh, It comes in different ways because uh, fear manifests from just how they grew up around money and what they heard, what they experienced, uh, what they saw, or just from current experiences. It's literally what their perception of money. So what they think about money, and that's really what manifests that fear. Uh, and a lack of confidence, which is all interrelated, right? You know, so you may have these thoughts of money that you can't do it, or there's a lack of money or all these negative thoughts, which leads to decreasing your confidence with money, right? So it's all really inter- interrelated with that. Sure. Can you talk a little bit about a story from, from your past or the present around that? From my past, I heard a lot of, we can't afford this, we don't have the money. Those were two phrases, but they were, I heard them in Spanish, but we're not speaking Spanish today. So that was two phrases that I heard over and over again all my life. So I grew up, so when I became, I don't know, eight, nine, 10 years old, probably more 10 years old, I was that kid that I didn't ask my parents for any money. So in those ages, you're like, can I have a dollar? Or back then when you could buy stuff with a dollar, can I have this or that so I can buy an ice cream cone? I wasn't that kid because I've already heard time and time again, we don't have the money. And it wasn't because they were telling me because I was asking them, but it was more of the conversations they had with each other, the arguments, the tension in the marriage, because there was uh, some financial hardships, those type of things. So when I uh, became an adult, even though I knew from early on that I was really determined that that wasn't going to happen to me in terms of I was going to have the money, right? I was going to be in a better financial uh, position when I became an adult. I was not going to get into debt. I, all those things, I was going to do all, everything in my power to avoid that. Fast forward to adulthood, I was in a better financial uh, position. Yes, I got into some debt, but it was 
I had to buy a car <laughs> and I was like literally out of college. So, uh, but I, I paid that car off as I, as soon as I could. Right. I never got into credit card debt. So I was taught because of the experience from my parents, they got into a lot of credit card debt. So they didn't say don't use a credit card, but it was like, if you choose to use the credit card, just make sure you pay it off at the end of the month, right? Or when the a payment is due. Yes, I was in a better financial position because I was making better choices, but yet 10 years into our marriage, I felt a lot of shame. I was looking at our bank accounts and our retirement, the debt that we still had and there wasn't much of a change. Now, we weren't in a bad financial situation, but the work that we had put in throughout those 10 years, it didn't really move the needle. And on top of that, because I was quote unquote financially savvy, where friends and family members came and asked me for advice, that put a lot of shame because up to myself, I'm thinking, oh, they do not see what I see in that bank account because we were still in debt. We were taking money out of our 401k, our emergency funds. I was this great saver, but we continued to deplete our funds. So when I was trying to figure out if I had read those personal finance books, if I had done all that work or in my mind, right at that time, what, what, what gave? And so somehow, you know, I started exploring and I'm like, okay, what am I doing wrong uh, with our finances? Because and on top of that, I felt that all on me because my husband was like, you're doing a great job, you know, so I felt the responsibility on top of that, right? So somehow Divine Timing, um, a book, T. Harvecker, the author T. Harvecker, he's wrote the book, The Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. So that was the first book that I was introduced to. And I don't know how I came about it, don't remember, that really shifted my, my perspective on money. Because that's when I realized, you know, uh, because it's all about mindset, right? That's literally what the book is all about. And I realized that how I grew up around money, that those stories that we don't have the mo uh, enough money, we can't afford it, I was still thinking that in my head. And I wasn't aware of that. I didn't acknowledge that. So therefore, it limited us in progressing forward in our financial journey. What's so interesting about that is that that was a story that you weren't even explicitly told. You said that your parents didn't even necessarily tell it to you directly, but it's exactly. just you being around it mm -hmm. had you internalize it. And that's something that stuck with you for decades afterward. Crazy. Yeah. And that's one of the things we had an episode about it earlier and just how we are raised affects how we think about money. And how can you then go and repattern yourself? Or what was your experience in doing so? You mentioned coming across that book and it helping you change your mindset. So is it just um, being aware of going out and reading books? What are some other things that you might recommend for people to just start building this awareness around what their money stories have been? Right. So definitely uh, reading books, uh, but really right for me when it really shifted because uh, we can have this, ref you know, we can reflect all we want, right? We can reflect on our past money stories and uh, in, in seeing what we saw, what, you know, what we experienced. But the really the shift came was when I wrote it down. So the, you know, I rebelled. I was one of those, you know, they always say, you should journal. You can, you know, you get so much clarity. I'm like, whatever. Uh, so I rebelled for a long time to put what, you know, what was in my mind to paper. 
And once I did that, because there's some sort of, I don't know, magic or whatever you want to call it, when you start writing these things down, you have more, you get even more clarity because there's some, you know, there's one thing in thinking some things and reflecting in your mind, but when you start writing down, you have more aha moments, you have more clarity. So it was, it was a matter of writing down my, what I call the past money story. But then what I, uh, what I realized that I needed to do was look at my present money story and what that looked like. If you acknowledge your past money story, that's one thing. But then you want to see what it is in the present. Because then if not, we, we don't know if we, we are repeating some of those same cycles. So it's really important to write your past money story, write your present money story. So, And what I mean by that is what you saw, what you heard, what you experienced in terms of the past money story. And in terms of your present money story, how are you feeling around money? Uh, at the present day, you know, maybe on a weekly basis, what kind of thoughts come to your mind? Pulling out the part that you said earlier, how your husband kind of thought that you were the one who was in charge. And so, you know, you'll take care of it. You'll be fine. And your friends believing that you had all your shit together and that putting even additional weight on you. Absolutely. And so just like that, writing it down and getting it out of your head and saying, not just what is my past story, but my present story, right? What are these things that I'm carrying around in terms of thinking of who I feel inside, but versus who everyone thinks I am and just how important it can be to get that disconnect and that guilt and shame just out of your head and literally down on Absolutely. paper. Because it was a lot of pressure because we went through when we first got married, um, I had, both of us worked at uh, my husband's active duty military. He still is. And then I had a nine to five job. And then we decided to have kids and we entered parenthood. And it was really, really important for both of us uh, that I wanted to stay home. So I wanted to be that stable. I don't actually say this sounds bad, that stable parent, like my husband's unstable, but that parent that was there and available because with my husband being active duty military, he was gone a lot of the time. So we went from that two income household to the one income household. And people were like, what did you do? Right. And I wish I had like, I did something right. Right. (laughs) Because we managed, it was just a lot. That's when people started asking me questions. Okay. So you're a good money manager, which I felt like I was, but there were still some things missing. And the missing component was a mindset piece. I love that. So I just want to go back to the, you know, when you journal it and even I think if you talk to somebody about it, you know, let's say a therapist or whatever, and it reminds me of this part of your book where you were talking about rebooting your system. Like you have just, the, you only have so much mental bandwidth and I guess you can relate to as a mother. Like <laughs> you just have so many things going on and even maybe even as a parent, there's so much that that's going on, you know, especially if you're like in debt or stressed about your finances that you don't want to necessarily think about it anymore and you just want to push it away. And I'm wondering if you have, again, only limited amount of mental bandwidth and you're trying to make changes, right? So you're scared, you're up to your eyeballs in debt, you're stressed out to the max with other life issues and you believe that you can't even make the change or that there's such a lack of confidence. Like what can someone do? So you have to open up that bandwidth and how to do that is to acknowledge your money wins. So what have you done? Fantastic. And you have to challenge yourself because people aren't, we're in a type of uh, culture where we go, 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 right? It's always busy, busy, busy. We knock things off of our checklist. I'm a checklist gal. And then we move on to the next thing. 
we don't acknowledge the great things or the great accomplishments that we have done. So it's a matter of acknowledging those money wins because by acknowledging those money wins and writing them down, I'm big on writing now where before I rebelled, it really is going to, you're going to have an instant boost to your confidence because you're like, I did that. Go me. And that definitely will open up the bandwidth. But it's also taking a moment as well to really reflect what's going on in your life. What's causing you stress? Uh, Are you taking care of yourself? Taking some time for self-care because that's super important. I know you and I, Sarah, had talked about that on my podcast. Uh, And because doing those things, even though they're not directly like financially related, it does affect. So you don't think about self-care or celebrating money wins or doing those type of things when you're managing your finances, but it's all interrelated because it all feeds into your mindset. Girl, this podcast is called Beyond the Dollar. We... (laughs) All we talk about is literally how like money and life intersect and how you can't talk about money without the underlying issues. So you are in the right place. Yes. I, I do want to bring up self-care because I don't want to say preach. It sounds so snobby, but I advocate for self-care. Can you define what that is? Because there's a lot of misconceptions about what the heck self-care is. Self-care is just simply taking some time for you and how you do that is completely up to you. For me, I like to goof off with my kids. I like, you know, be in the car. They don't like me dancing or singing. I do it anyway. That's part of self-care because it really disconnects you from the stress maybe you're dealing with. It's just taking care of you. So it can be literally just walking out into this, you know, taking a walk in the sun. The sun rays does something good for you. That vitamin D though, it's, that it's vitamin necessary. D, like I've, I've been in the North Pole and I've experienced a lack of it. So <laughs> I know it makes you grumpy. Uh, so I tell you, so those type of things is just how you do it is completely up to you. So it's not, you know, if you don't do yoga, you're, that's not your thing. Don't do yoga, right? If you uh, like to take your dogs on a walk, do that. If I mean, it's a matter of searching for activities and things that you enjoy and will do. This ties into the confidence piece because you have to have the confidence in yourself that like you can step away and that your world won't fall apart or you can take, especially as a solopreneur, like take the time away from your business to recharge and that it's going to be okay financially in that 30 minutes or that hour you take for a walk or the 10 minutes you dance like a ridiculous person in the car with your kids. I'm a good dancer, Garrett, and you know it. We have had a dance off before, so we'll hopefully find some video of that on the internet and post it. But there is part of that confidence piece of saying like, I trust that even with me taking the time to take care of myself, I can manifest the money to be able to do, you know, to do while oh, taking gosh. care I of I wish myself. I remembered the website, but it was an amazing article. She, I can't remember the name of the woman. This is so bad. I will put in the show notes, but she was debunking the myths of self-care because there's, I don't know if anybody follows Gwyneth Paltrow and her and her company Goop, but she advocates like self-care, like, oh, here's a $700 package for face masks, yada, 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 right? And this woman's like, no, like I'm depressed. I'm clinically depressed. For me, self-care is actually just taking a damn shower. It's washing my face. It's brushing my teeth. It's actually valuing myself enough to want to be clean. Like to leave the house clean is self-care for me. 
I just I just want to put that out there that self-care does not mean going shopping to like forget about the stresses of debt. It's not about going to get a massage. Those are band-aid solutions. Self-care is really like, okay, I, I really just want to value myself who I'm as a person. Like for me, self-care is like making a cup of tea and a tea bag is what, 10 cents? So I just want to throw that out there because having confidence and that, you know, fear, and we talked a lot about this before, Garrett, where, you know, you don't get rid of fear, it's still there. You have to acknowledge that it's part of it, right? And self-care is acknowledging that you're going to get stressed. You're going to be like maxed out as far as mental bandwidth goes, whatever is going on with your finances in your life. It's just pausing and taking that time. And when you have those pauses or those moments, for me anyways, that's when I can finally start asking the questions to move forward. Because I am such a big believer in asking the right questions. You know, and Again, correct my wrong, Garrett. I've always said the answers are always within you. You always have the answers. It's you need to ask the right questions to get those answers. I absolutely agree because think about it. When we have, you know, the case of the Mondays, something, you know, wake up Monday morning, you spill coffee, everything seems to go wrong, right? And you ask yourself, oh, what else can go wrong? Well, boom, something else immediately. So it's about, you know, you're asking yourself the brain provides. And I'm not this brain expert or guru, but I really agree. If you ask yourself, like, if you're feeling like you're lacking confidence, you can ask yourself simply, how can I be more confident at this very moment, right? So you can ask a question like that, and that allows your brain to start thinking for you. And you might not have an answer right away, but if I, just by simply asking, you're going to discover an answer. One of the things you brought up was money wins. And what are some examples of money wins? Because I feel that people often think they have to be these major things. Like you see, I paid off $30,000 in debt. I paid off all of this. But what are some examples of money wins either for yourself or people that you've worked with that can help normal people feel like they've had some wins? I've heard it's kind of hard to come up with them sometimes. Right. It, it can be it's because we think it has to be about the money. And money wins, it doesn't have to be at the, about dollars and cents. It can be. So if you paid some extra money towards your debt, that's a money win, but it can be about consistency. So maybe you checked in with your money every single week and that was something that you weren't doing. That's a money win. Uh, maybe you finally had a wonderful conversation with your spouse or partner and that didn't lead to a um, argument. That's a money win. So those money wins, again, this is about you defining what it is. So it's not us defining that for you, but really you define what that is the money win, the self-care, because you know what best helps you and makes you um, a better person that makes you move forward in your journey, not just your financial journey, but just your journey as a person. I love that. I I think I wrote this on a blog post and I, I do also encourage my clients to do this at the end of every year, but you can start at any time of the year. I make them do 52 wins, one for every week of the year. It doesn't have to mm. be money because I find that some people, when they reach five, they're like, no, like I'm good. I'm done. I cannot do anymore. And I challenge myself. Like I remember when I first did that, I got to like six and I cried <laughs> and then I kept pushing myself. And then I found that I really surprised myself by how many of them were actually financially related. I had blog readers emailing me like, oh my gosh, I had totally forgot I paid off my credit card this year. Crazy, right? But they were so focused on the, you know, quote unquote negative side of it that they didn't even have that again moment to pause and say, 
huh, you know, I actually have this. I got this. Right. And that's why, you know, with my clients, with my community, I always, you know, challenge them to find those money wins because we don't acknowledge those. Like you said, we focus on the negative a lot of the time and not acknowledge because I've been through this. And the reason, one of the reasons why I'm so big um, in doing this, there was a point in, uh, especially early on in my business where it was at an all time low. I felt like a failure. I mean, it was just, it was bad. And so I was talking to my husband and he's phenomenal. He's like this, I call him like a mentor. He's like this, he's just, that's for another conversation. But he, as we were talking, because I was like, basically the ugly, it got to the ugly cry. It was bad. And he literally listed out things that I had accomplished, right? That I hadn't even realized, right? Or just I ignored or I just because I was so focused on what I didn't do or what I quote unquote failed out. So it's really, and that didn't allow me to progress forward and move forward and get to a better place in business because I was so focused on that. So money wins and just wins in general. And of course I say money wins because of what I do, right? But just wins in general are really so important uh, to acknowledge. We're talking about fear and confidence. And so how to go from a place of fear to a place of confidence. And I'm hearing that it's both acknowledging the struggles that you have right now, which is what we talked about when you felt the pressure from your husband, when he said, you know, you're good at this. And you're like, no, I'm not. And your friends saying the same thing. So acknowledging where you are struggling and writing it down. I love that you're now leaning into that. So it's both acknowledging the bad quote unquote, or the challenges that you feel and acknowledging the good, having both sides of those coins or both sides of the same coin. I think it's the actual phrase I was going for. Are there other steps that you can think of to help people go from that progression of fear toward confidence? One thing is surrounding yourself by like-minded people uh, and people that are really in the search for the same thing you are in terms of like the financial goals. I mean, granted, I know we all have those family members. We all have those friends that are Debbie Downers. Not that you can completely break your ties from them, but you don't, you need to surround yourself more with those people are th- that are going to continually uplift you. So surrounding yourself with like-minded people and finding accountability as well. And where can somebody or start finding those people? Just by listening to podcasts like yours uh, or like mine or looking at, uh, at blog posts, each of them, they have communities, right? So sometimes they're on Facebook. So you can do that. There's uh, events around you, right? There might be some meetups uh, that you can attend. You can talk maybe within your friends uh, because money is so taboo to talk about. Maybe just the sheer fact that you open up that conversation, they might be feeling the same thing and it might be a good partnership or uh, for you to uplift each other. So there's different ways of doing that, but it's just a matter of just going and searching for it because it is all around us and you're not going to find it. It's not going to come to you. (laughs) You're going to have to go search it just because 
people don't talk about money. So sometimes you just have to take it upon yourself and just claim the confidence and start talking, having that conversation that's about money uh, to search for the, uh, that community that will uplift you to search for uh, some accountability partners. Of course, there's coaches uh, out there. We're all money coaches, right? So accountability can come in different forms. It can be free, right? And it can be paid. Uh, so there's different ways to do that. I wholeheartedly agree. I consider this person a mentor of mine. So I was in a, a course of his slash group coaching program. So John Morrow, he's pretty big in the blogging realm and he runs a blog called Smart Blogger, but he started a one called unforgettable.me. And the very first blog post he was talking about, so he is paralyzed from the neck down, I believe, or the shoulder down. So, but anyways, he's been able to build a million dollar business, figuring out how to blog through speaking and using, I believe it's a mouse that somebody made for him that he controls with his mouth, okay? So he's gone through all the barriers of fear and everything. And one of the first advice that he actually gives somebody is augment reality. I'm pretty sure that's what he says. But he refused to let himself believe that his physical disability hinder him from what he wanted in life. And so he listened to like Tony Robbins, all of these kind of self-help gurus to force himself to not believe those negative things where he had to almost change his reality, his mind of what he could believe was possible. Right. Because it's important to, you know, if you are listening to whether podcasts, audiobooks, reading blog posts, reading books, you're inputting a lot of great stuff on your mind. And whatever you input on your mind, you're going to spit out. I don't know if that's not the right word, but uh, really, whatever you input, you're going to output the same quality, right? So you're, if you're surrounded by negative people that are feeling broke all the time, you're going to be outputting that same mentality. So it's important to, you have to do the work, but you also have to be mindful of who you're surrounded with. Like attracts like. And Absolutely. so if you start thinking more positively and speaking more positively, that'll bring the people who believe those same things around you. And it's, I mean, it's why we're doing the podcast is because so many people don't feel comfortable talking about money. We want to help people understand that these are conversations that we're having and that it's important that people have. And so if we can model it in that way and give people the chance to hear themselves in these stories and then gain the confidence to go out and have these conversations, like you said, sometimes it's just putting yourself out there first. And then that gives other people permission to say, oh my God, I'm going through the exact same thing, but I wasn't going to say anything until, because I didn't think anyone else was out there. So it's scary exactly. as hell to put yourself out there in a vulnerable way, but Oftentimes people will respect that and will come out of their shell and say kind of, I'm in this group too, like me too. So it's really scary to take that initial leap, but I have yet to find an instance when, when you put yourself out there, like someone doesn't come and help support you as well. Because as human beings, that's what we like to do. We like to just naturally help each other. So if you just take the moment to just, you know, acknowledge what you want, go after it, you're going to find it. Like attracts like. Yes, I love what you said about people naturally want to help each other. I was actually listening to a podcast the other day. He was a former monk and he was saying our natural state of happiness is actually being in the service of others, which I thought, oh, that is so cool. And it's really interesting when you were saying that it, it brought to mind how I became so much more confident in my life and my finances is actually 
doing the inner work, but sharing what I've learned with others. So it could be a book I read and I'd get so like into it and be like, oh my gosh, you have to read this book. It helped me with this, this, and this. And then somebody would then say, oh, you're right. I really liked it. I got this tidbit from it. It encouraged me to share more of what I know. And I think, I, I don't know. What do you guys think about that? I agree. And I know sometimes we feel like we feel prideful in asking for help. I know stubborn to the T. I didn't realize I was stubborn until I met my husband and he's stubborn. So consider that my level of stubborn is uh, like, tracks like, huh? that's like me and my husband. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I was like, you are so stubborn. And then I don't know what he said. And I'm like, oh my goodness. I thought I was this angel, you know, no stubborn bone in my body, but I was. So there's that sense of pride of asking for help. I still work on that. And I actually, with my book launch, even asking for help on that was hard, but people naturally wanted to help. So just know that's how it's going to be. People will want to help. Garrett, is there anything else you wanted to add <laughs> before we wrapped up? I mean, I think we've just hit the nail on the head where our intuitive nature is to want to support and help other people. And so we have to model the vulnerability that oftentimes people are scared to to do themselves at first. And then by doing that, it gives other people permission. And that's the first step. Like you have to take the leap and be that model. And it's really scary before sometimes other people will join and rally around you. But once you start breaking that cycle, whether it's self-care for yourself saying, I'm going to spend the 10 cents and the five minutes to make myself this damn tea every morning, or I'm going to go on this walk and give myself the time because I'm worth it. Or, you know, I believe that I can take the time to be in service of others, both mentally and from a time perspective, that's you valuing yourself. And that moves the needle from fear closer to confidence for yourself and then allows you to serve as an example to others so that they can do the same. Right. And one thing, if I may add too, um, just kind of piggybacking on that is that when we're sharing and sharing whether our experience is something that we read, something that we heard. For example, we're all coaches and we may, we each may tell one, that same person, you need a budget or you need to do mindset work in whatever way we say it. We each may say that have the same message and theme that we're talking about, but depending on how we say that and maybe what story we tell, one of us will connect with that person and resonate with that person more than the other. Not because we're not you know, awesome people. Well, we are, but that's just naturally what happens. And the same with anybody. So if you're not sharing your experience, if you're not sharing what you heard or a tip that you had, that person may have heard it in another way, shape, or form, but it didn't connect uh, because maybe they were in a different uh, part or stage of life. And just the sheer fact that you're sharing it, it might impact them more than you even think you it would. So that's why I think that's just so important and why with my podcast and with what I do, I love having other people on because one, I don't know it all. <laughs> I'm still learning. But like, for example, I've had Sarah and I don't know why I haven't had you there. I know I've invited you. We'll um, get it. We'll get said, on it. Yes. <laughs> but just the different experiences and the messages are going to impact. Uh, uh, that one person more than maybe I said it or more than Sarah said it. Maybe Garrett said it best in that particular instance. Yes. Love it. 
Thank you so much, Jen, for coming on the podcast. And everybody, we talked about, you know, sharing great resources. I love this book. Everybody needs to get it. It's on Amazon. I'm not sure what other places. Literally, I think just, okay, just Amazon, Amazon. right now. Amazon's <laughs> worldwide. So Amazon. <laughs> we'll put a link in the show notes. Um, can you tell us the name of your book and where else can we find you, Jen? Sure. The book is called Her Money Matters, just like the title of my podcast. It's called, so the book is, the full title is Her Money Matters, The Missing Truths from Traditional Money Advice. And you can just find me over at jenhemphill.com. Thanks so much for being on. And I swear I'll get on your podcast. (laughs) Thanks so much for having me, Garrett. Oh, that was so much fun. Thank you, Jen. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Beyond the Dollar. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe so you'll be the first to know when new episodes are released. And if you can think of one awesome human who would connect with what we talked about today, we'd love you forever if you shared this episode with them. Thank you again so much for listening, and we'll catch you on the next episode of Beyond the Dollar.